Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Riverboat Redskins. I'm Arjun and this is my co-host Leo. Leo, how we doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. Excited for uh, excited to get this rolling. I think uh, I think it's two voices that need to be heard out here in this mess of uh, this mess of Redskins nation. Yeah, man, it's crazy because, and I think the reason we're even getting started on this podcast is because as Redskins fans, like I look for content that I want to listen to and stuff, and I just there's not enough out there, and I'm ready no, to. There, there never has there never has been. And it's like the same voices over and over again. It's like 106.7, the fan just like shitting on everything Redskins. And then you have like D'Angelo Hall's podcast on The Athletic. And it's like, oh, I got to pay to even access this. And like, they don't even have a good intro song. So like, let's, let's just, let's not even get to that point. Like, let's just start off on a right foot. Like, I'd rather just talk through it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like add our voices and like a lot of knowledge and a lot of our perspective, like to the space, like. For sure. I'm I'm so pumped and uh yeah, I can't let's get started. So let let's start with what was your overall opinion on the team? What is it currently? What has it been in the past? And, and just tell me your overall thoughts right now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously like been a fan for ages, so you know, for the listeners, like first first season as a as a true Redskins fan it was the Schottenheimer season, which is kind of like the epitome of what it's been like as a Redskins fan my whole life. It's like, you know, we have your, oh, you have your dysfunctional owner trying to hire a good coach. He goes eight and eight in his one and only season with the team and he gets fired. And then everything else from then on out has been either mediocre or slightly below mediocre for the most part with like a couple of bright spots, like the RG three year, like we will never forget that as fans, especially given, you know, the limited success we found, but, um, I mean, this season, I mean, absolute shit show. I mean, this season and even, even last season, um, you know, there's nothing like going to FedEx field and it's just an, a fucking away game from the get-go. Like, you just know it, you know, it's, and there's nothing we can, and there's nothing we can do about it as fans except, you know, and then, um, you know, there's just nothing we can do. And um, I don't know. I have a lot of hope going forward. I mean, you know, the name of the podcast is Riverboat Redskins. Like, our guy Ron Rivera has to be a savior, um, I think Dan knows that he's really running out of time to, to write this ship. Uh, I don't know what kind of drastic moves Dan, Dan would make to, to get things right, but uh, starting with the riverboat, Ron is definitely a good place. Definitely a good place. Yeah, man. Echoing all your sentiments, again, for the listeners, I've been a fan my whole life. I was born a Redskins fan. My first gift, according to my parents, was a Redskins football uh, so I've been I've been a loyal fan for my whole life, but my true my first season as like a real Redskins fan was after actually my first football game that I truly watched and cared about was the 2006 Super Bowl between the between Peyton Manning and the Colts and Chicago <sighs> Bears. That was a great Super Bowl. That Devin um, Hester kick re- that Devin Hester kick return. I was one of the electric things ever. It's crazy. I was yeah. ten. I was ten years old. I think. Uh, oh, wow. and then that following yeah. season was my first real like fandom of the Redskins. I was like ready to get into it, and that was the 2007 season. Started off with like you know Jason Campbell, and uh, I, I definitely had like seen Redskins games with Mark Brunel, but Mark Brunel was already on his way out. And then that was the season Jason Campbell. I like vividly so remember this. It was like Thursday night football. We we're like 
we're like, you know, not an awful team. We're pretty mediocre as usual. And on Thursday night football, Jason Campbell like tears his knee or whatever he did. Like he just yeah. gets injured. Yeah, that's Todd right. Collins, our guy Tom, baby. <laughs> came in just Todd four straight four straight in a row to send us to the playoffs, send us to Seattle. Obviously, we don't do anything in Seattle. Yeah, but, we didn't win, but um, I he was got like, us there, though. Wow. He got us there. And he was, like, probably, like, 35 at the time. Like, he was, like, pretty old. He was at the yeah, end probably. of his career. Um, so that was, like, my first thing. And then we fucking hired Jim Zorn instead of Greg Williams and, like, all these other candidates we had. And that was the same year that John Harbaugh got hired by the Ravens. And look who's still here. John Harbaugh. <laughs> And then like people wonder why there are like really, really young people in DC cheering for the Ravens. Like, well, I don't know. It's not a fucking secret. Like, <laughs> it's not oh, that hard to like, figure then, out. Like, I, I genuinely believe that true fans don't pick their team. I, I think that you're, you're born always, with it. Always, people, always, always. People give me shit all the time. Oh, my God, you're a Redskins fan. And I've seen, like, awful stuff, like kids getting bullied at schools for being Redskins fans or cheering for them. And, like, it's awful to see that. And and, and I – people, like, adults will be like, hey, like, why are you a Redskins fan? Like, they suck. Like, they've sucked your entire life. And I'm like, so, like, you're telling me that if your child fucks up, like, you give them <laughs> Like, if your parents are, like – you know, not making the best decisions in life. Like, that doesn't mean they're not your parents anymore. Like, Redskins are my family, and, like, I'm going to support them, ride or die, high or low, like, you know. No matter what, that. man, like, no matter what. No matter what, they're my team, and they're our team, and we're going to rock with them for the rest of our lives. For better or for worse. Hopefully for, for better, the better. For worse. Hopefully for that the better sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking. I was just you. You mentioned you mentioned that Todd Collins season, dude. I remember the game. I remember the most vividly out of that entire season was that game against the Vikings, um, where we where we had to go into what was still the Metrodome. Metrodome. Before before it collapsed with all the snow underneath it. All those years later, that was Um, that. And now they have that. And now they have. It's it's so crazy. But now they have that beautiful U.S. Bank, which is just the night. It's so nice. It's so nice. But at the same time, like you need a nice dome in Minnesota. It's like five degrees year round. Like what the hell, man? But regardless, love. I love the cow. Speaking of stadiums, I just love AT and T Stadium, dude. I can't. No, I, hate, I, hate, I hate. I hate. I hate how much I like that stadium. I like, know. Pierces my heart. I see the pierces Cowboys my heart. Play, and I'm like, holy crap! Like they look so nice. Like everything looks so crisp <laughs> and clean. It looks nice. And then you show up to FedEx, and you contrast that with FedEx, and you're just like, this is a shithole. Shithole is this. <laughs> and, it's so unfortunate. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Um, but, like, so much of that has to do with one of our first topics, Bruce Allen. Right? He's been here for 10 years looking to get a new stadium deal. But, man, like, ticket sales have gone down. Literally, there's been an exodus of non-football employees of the Redskins leaving the organization. And this man comes out and says the culture is pretty damn good. Oh, God, I can't. I just couldn't. That was that, that, that was the worst. That was that was the angriest. I think that was my peak anger a- across the last like two decades. 
I think it was, I mean, the audacity. That was the, that was the first time he spoke to the, to the media at a presser in how many years? It had been like three, four years since he had, yeah, since he had like, something like something like some absurd amount of time, regardless. And he comes out and he says, it's a damn good culture. I mean, I mean, the audacity to come out and even and just compare anything that has been going on with this organization for the last couple of years as good is just I mean the tone deaf the tone deaf status of everyone in that front office for the past couple of years has been just so just it's just so far removed from where every reasonable Redskins fan is these days. Um, but to that point, you know, looking back on his tenure, I mean, we think about our lives, right? I mean. It's been about 20 years of fandom. We've had Vinny Serrato, who obviously, like, didn't do too much, um, you know, wasn't very successful, uh, you know, either. And then uh, I think Bruce Allen, I, I think we can all agree, and I think it's all, you know, pretty much common knowledge. I mean, him and Dan are really good friends. Um, but Bruce also – Drinking know, buddies. Is, with, his, with, his, with, his, with his father's connections, yeah, and, like, he, and his own connections. You know, he's kind of, like, supposed to be some political figure, which, like, fucking, of course that matters when you're talking about the D.C. football team. Like, of course. Um, and he was supposed to, you know, what, get us a new stadium. He was supposed to do this. He was supposed to do that. But all he did was lose a ton of games, make the fan base literally move to Baltimore. Um, and now, and, and I mean, but, you know, thankful for him as well because without him this podcast would never exist. So, um, so exactly. I am thankful for that. I am thankful Shout for out that Bruce. in that sense. Shout out, Bruce. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you making this all possible. Um, because if you hadn't pissed us off so much, we wouldn't be taken to the airwaves. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think that, you know, I, I can see why Dan kept him along all those, all those years. I mean, you really want your best friend to do well. And, and I mean, I, can under, I get that. But, you know, some, t- some friends are better left in the past. And I think Bruce is the epitome of that. Yeah, man. I, for listeners, I actually worked for the Redskins during training camp in 2016. I got to oh, meet right. Dan. I got to meet Bruce. Uh, they're like, like Bruce is like just like a normal guy. Like he's not like he didn't come off as like this intellectual person, but he also came off as just kind of aloof. Like I, I would shake his hand. I would like kind of have like a five second conversation with him, and it was just like there was no conversation. It was just. And like exactly like his press conference is like does not listen to the questions that are being asked, like just completely like in his own world. And I was just like, this guy, this guy, I was just genuinely happy to be there at the time. I was like, oh, my God, I'm around my team. I like by 20 years old, I've lived a dream like to work for my team. Uh, but yeah, no, no part of me wanted to go back. No part of me. No. I was like, nope. No. I, oh, the, cult, oh the, the, cult, the culture wasn't good. <laughs> culture was pretty damn good, man. Pretty damn good in Richmond. That was when Scott was still there. Scott McLuhan. Um, and Scott was a great guy. I, I loved Scott. I thought like Scott was going to make a big impact on our team. Uh, even, um, like just speaking about Bruce and like the people that he's brought in, right? So he was president. And then brought in a GM at some point. He brought in Scott. He had other people on the non-football side of the Redskins. I think his name was Brian Lafamina. I don't, I don't want to – don't quote me on that, but I think that was his name. He, like, came in to run, um, like, the non-football side of things to kind of, like, build the brand and, and, like, help the organization. And, like, within less than a year of everyone he hired with Brian, 
uh, he fired. Yeah. And then he took it back all over. Gone. They're yeah. all gone. And it was less than a year. It was like, why did you bring them in? They were like highly touted, highly respected individuals to come in and help kind of turn around the fan base and help reignite some fire there. But it was just like, for some, it was just like, I was, how, how can Dan Snyder as a fan, and I empathize with Dan, because if you think about it this way, right? If we became the Redskins owners, I do not blame Dan for a lot of the mistakes he's made. What I do blame him for is how he could, for the last 10 years, uh, allow that mediocrity to take place. Like, how was how he, like, every game, like, every every day, like, what, Bruce is, like, brainwashing him, telling him, like, no, man, like, no, bro, don't worry. Like, it's all going to be good. Like, we're going to figure this yeah, shit like, out. Yeah, like, what could he like, possibly, like, what could he possibly like, be saying like, to him? I'm like, like Dan, Dan is a billionaire. So, obviously, he's got some business backing, understands, like, how to build six flags. Like, you know, like, he's not, like, an idiot. Like, he, he, he can't be. Brain. He can't be, right? Like, he can't be. And he grew up in the Joe Gibbs era of, like, the Super Bowls they won. Like, you see what it took. And to then have Bruce Allen just stay here for 10 years, be, like, like a 30, like, I think a 300 winning percentage. And it's just like, oh, man, dude, how are you okay with this? And I'm so thankful that, like, I'm it's, so glad. There, there are rumors that Bruce was going to stay on and just be reassigned and just focus on the stadium. But uh, I'm glad that man is out. Like, I'm glad, completely. like, complete, completely. I think, I think my favorite words from that presser was that, Bruce Allen has been removed from, you know, the, the, his role and is not returned to the Redskins in any, any capacity. capacity. In any capacity. I, I was just like, wow, if there was ever a moment to, you know, really be excited about the future of this team, like, wow, like, all right, Dan, like, you got me, like, <laughs> you got me excited, man. Like, like don't don't fuck this up. Like you you yeah, you, you got like, don't 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 mess this up. Like you've got one chance. You got one chance to get this to get this right now. And 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 so hopefully hopefully he does. But to truly comprehend the magnitude of the move of firing Bruce, like like that's a lot, right? Like the entire future is changing now. Again, ten yeah. years, right? Yeah, ten years later, later right? Time. Hopefully this time, you know, we got Riverboat happy about Riverboat. He's really going to bring, I think, number one priority over any player we have on the Redskins is a culture change. And that's what Dan wants to do. That is priority number one. It's not Dwayne. It's not any anything else. It is let's get this culture right. Let's get people to hold ourselves accountable. And let's put in some work and get some respect on our name. Even Dude, though yeah, name is a whole other issue, but let's not get into that. <laughs> right, no, we, could, we, could, we could spend we could spend some time talking about that too, but no yeah. need, no let's, need. Let's not talk today. about some hot. Your, give me like two, one or two highs of Bruce Allen's tenure, and give me one or two lows. Oh man, the 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 highs of Bruce Allen's tenure. I don't know if the, I don't know if you're allowed to have an S after the word high. Because I can really, because I can really only, because I can really only think of the 2012 RG3 season, at least specifically during his tenure. Um, yeah, I mean, let's not. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure 
like if I'm not mistaken, it was, you know, uh, we had Gibbs and then once Vinny Serrato left, Gibbs left with him. And if I, and wasn't Bruce Allen's first hiring Jim Zorn? So I don't know. That his first hiring? I don't, I don't know if Vinny was fired after Jim Zorn because I know, I feel like Bruce Allen's first hire was Mike Shanahan. Was it? Was it my no? Because he because he had he had a whole decade, he had a whole decade. Yeah. So so Bruce in twenty ten. That's when Mike Shannon came on board. And then, uh, yeah, Mike Shannon was hired as like an executive vice was, president of football so, operations. Yeah, yeah. So he was our so he was our head coach. Yeah, it was the oh eight oh nine. That's right. I'll never I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that season. We started six and two and finished eight and eight. Like Jesus Christ, um, that was such a that was such a mess. That was a Jim Zorn year. Oh, fun fact: Jim Zorn is uh, is now the head coach of the Seattle X uh, Seattle XFL team. <laughs> wow! All right, yeah, All right. 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 I've been hearing some rumblings about the XFL. I might actually go check out some games. I heard oh, no, the DC even, Defenders yeah, are our, our DC team. Oh, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. We have uh we I think our quarterback is is uh, not I think I know. Let me pretend like Card- I you know I'm I, Cardell Jones. It's Cardell 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 Jones. Yeah. And uh so that should be pretty cool. Yeah. They played down at they played down at Audi Field and tickets tickets for week 1 are they're going for like 45 bucks or so. Uh I mean, dude, why not? Yeah, I mean, we we're all going to miss football and to have it to have it within, you know, in a couple nice spring you know, to, have, to have it. Sure. Yeah, right. In the spring like in our nation's capital, I mean, you know, the listeners know that the weather here can be helter-skelter, but at least in the spring, we all know it's pretty nice. Um, but, and it's but, nice but, yeah, that so, not, so that's where he is. There's football. It's nice that there's football happening not at FedEx Field, you know? <laughs> it's probably a good, it's probably like a good thing. Field is probably a good thing. Audi Field is gorgeous, and I'd rather, yeah. <laughs> like, watch the D.C. Defenders play there than FedEx. Uh, but anyway... So yeah, so your 2012 season, absolutely. It's it's crazy to me yeah. because I feel like the last seven years uh, after that season, I've just been like, I, like, and I'm I'm sure other Redskins fans feel like this. Tell me if you felt felt like this. I kind of just checked out. Like I barely really have any memories of Jay Gruden's tenure. Like I feel like it was just like a like this a long, lot of like, it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's like a lot, it's like a lot just kind of combined together, but it's all yeah. bad. It's all bad. Except that 2015 year we went to the playoffs and like, right. I yeah. Yeah. Like but even fondly remember that season. I don't even, even remember. That, well, like well, that, how, well, that was the, that was the, that was the, that was the, that was the year that Kirk went into Philly and we beat and we beat him when D'Angelo Hall picked up the DeMarco Murray fumble and returned it for and returned it for six, picked it up and took it for six, and then we won the NFC East title yeah. in in Philly that year, um, and that was the craziest thing ever. And then like, we had a lead, and then we had a lead, and then we had a lead against the Packers. We had a lead, and naturally we blew it and got absolutely you know blown out of the water in the second half of that game, but. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I, I don't remember like necessarily like bits and pieces of the Gruden era. Like it all really is just a giant mesh. And like, occasionally like you, myself, uh, Varun, uh, for the listeners, you know, friends of ours, you know, we'd, we'd be at the stadium, 
um, and like <laughs> the ones you remember a little, you know, the games you remember a little more, the ones you go to. So like, I remember the game we went to when, you know, Kirk's last home game when he beat the Broncos. Like, yeah. thankful that we, thankful that we got to yeah. go see that. Um, I remember we were, we were making a big deal of like trying to go eight and eight again. Like, God, <laughs> like that, like that's like, that's where, like, that's where we were at. We were like, Oh, like, let's go eight and eight. Like, let's be mediocre. God, like, what, like, where had we, where, where have we gone? But um, I think, I mean, I, I mean, you, you asked me for the highs and lows and I, I like, that's the high, right? 2012 is the high. The lows is everything else. Everything um, else. <laughs> And well, I mean, again, the 2015 year, yeah, you can argue that it was, it was fun to win the division and all that. We beat Philly and Philly, but we weren't a good, we weren't like a good team, right? We we it, we reminded we me fake. a lot. We were fake. It, it was, was like honestly, overachieving. Yeah, yeah overachieving. we we our our defense was overachieving. Our offense, like Kirk, like was very much overachieving. He threw for like 5,000 yards that year, or something crazy yeah. like that. Like, like Kirk Cousins. Kirk, Kirk is like, and honestly, he reminds me so much of Jameis Winston. They remind me so much of each other, um, so so much. And honestly, like that year that we went nine and seven, won the division, made the playoffs, lost to the Packers. It is literally, it's just the same thing that would happen if Jameis Winston and that defense got hot at the right time and like made the playoffs. Which, like, I, if I'm not mistaken, they might have done once um, under Jameis. Like, they might have made the playoffs once. I actually don't. You know, I don't. I don't think I, they have. I, 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 I don't think they have. But also, you know, I don't claim to know anything about Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. Um, but you know, I, I, the, the thing that stands out to me, that stood out to me the most, about not only like how we handle. Yo, are we the J? Uh, the J- go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Are you gonna ask if we're still recording? Yeah, I was just making sure we're good. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, yeah, meeting recording is in progress. Yeah, as far as I know, we're so, still going. Sorry, listeners. Uh, sorry, you know, we'll, we're, we're trying we're trying to make sure we get this right. But um, regardless, yeah, it was not only it, it's kind of two pronged, right? It's how we handled the Kirk Cousins situation. Oh, where that was my <laughs> next topic. Oh man, right, it's, like, it's how we it's how we handled Kirk Cousins, and then simultaneously like managed to be just so disappointing at every single turn. And I think like that's ultimately what turned this fan base away. Like we had a decent team. We weren't good, but we had a decent football team. And I remember in, we were, we were at Varun's, at Varun's parents' place to watch a week 17 game, Redskins against the Giants. Giants were resting Odell. They're arresting uh, everyone. Win and in. Win and in. When and you're in, the Giants are already in. They have nothing at stake. I mean, they were so checked out from that season that the next week they went. They all went on a boat. Yeah. Yep. They went on a boat. So, to be fair, their franchise has not been the same since that boat picture. Um, but right. they all went out on a boat. You think they were, they were probably talking about the damn boat at the game? Are you kidding me, man? And we can't even – we can't – we can't – 13 to 10. Kirk Cousins throws an interception targeting – who? he was targeting Mo Harris. Targeting our boy. Also, shout out Mo Harris. Um, but he was targeting Mo Harris. Mo Harris slips at the top of his route, and the Giants pick us off to, to, seal, to, seal, the, to seal the season. Scored 10 points in a win or you're in. And this is a guy that's thrown for 5,000 yards and then subsequently got paid $30 million fully guaranteed. Shout out. Got his, got his paycheck. But, like <gasps> – I just I like it's just when you do when you disappoint 
like fans, like, like, obviously we care about, obviously we really care about this team. There are countless people like us out there who just like almost living in the shadows, like <laughs> just, just like waiting for something to really cheer. Come about. Out, come but, like, out. Still, but like, we're still cheering and like now, and like, you know, ultimately to kind of wrap up my little bit and sorry, I've kind of gone on a couple of tangents and rambled a bit. Oh, but, you're good. You know, the, like the brute, like, the highest high, the peak of Bruce Allen is him leaving, and that should really just summarize the last decade. Couldn't couldn't have said it any better. Uh, one thing on Kirk, though, for for all the negative talk, for all all the stuff that he has been able to accomplish and everything, like I was there when he was there. Kirk Kirk is a stand up guy. Kirk is a yep. great dude. Was. Didn't do us wrong in any way. Kept his head down. He was drafted with RG3, clearly to be the backup, right? Gets his shot, makes the most of it. So I'm I'm happy for Kirk. Like obviously, like they lost yesterday and and didn't like that was tough, but it was classic Kirk also. But yeah. I love Kirk and Kirk. I wish Kirk the best. So you know I don't I don't blame Kirk for anything. Obviously, like Kirk is who players are who they are. Right. And, you know, right, he's exactly, not elite. Exactly. He's not like the best qu- top five quarterback in the NFL, but he's definitely top 12, top 13. So wish him the best. Uh, all right. So let's transition to the present. The 2019 season. What you think? Um, a lot happened. A lot happened. A lot, in this a lot happened. A lot like, happened, right? A lot happened. A lot of it's it's weird to I was super engaged right right for like a three and thirteen season just like super super engaged in every single turn and I think that's because ultimately we knew that this was it like this like as we saw the season deteriorate there's also that part of us that was like all right like this is the end like you can't get much further than rock bottom and I mean to your point a little earlier just kind of pulling back from it. Uh, when you mentioned the the executives that all like from from firing uh, La Famina, I googled it a little bit, and you're spot on. That's the that's the that's the firing that kind of set everything in motion. So he was let go um, in December of 18, and since then the number is 40, 40 folks employees. have left the organ. 40 employees have left the organization. Uh, like high-ranking employees have left the organization since then. It represents 25 percent of that part of the staff. Um, and so that's, and, and so that, 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 even, that's, that's in a year, it's in a year, it's in a year. And the, in a year. it's not even like, it's, they're not even football related. They're, no, you're talking no. like your finance, accounting, billing, like marketing, PR people, like people like who your, your have ops, nothing to just your ops people. Your ops. Yeah. These people don't want to work in Ashburn, they get, Virginia. They get, they get, they get, they get, they get free Bruce tickets Allen. to game. They get, they get like free tickets to games. They don't even want, they don't even want that. They're all Redskins fans. They don't even want free tickets no, to Nobody games. wants to go That's to FedEx. Nobody wants That's to... how bad. Awful. Awful. No, I it's think so, it's so bad. Crazy. And, like, even last year, like, you know, got Alex Smith, huge deal. Kirk's gone. Really feel like, all right, Alex may not be as, like, a high flyer as Kirk is, but, like, Alex can ball, right? And Alex is a bona fide leader, leader of men, and and he had maturity that we lacked on every front. And he commanded respect in the huddle. And we started oh, six yeah. and oh, yeah. two. We're six and two or six not and to be, three. Not to I be think. slept on. Mm-hmm. Before right? he snapped and the like leading the division, 
I think, yeah, leading the division at that yeah. point in the season right before he breaks his leg. Um, you know, knock on wood, man. Like I hope I hope this man is, is good to go. I think I think he will definitely play at some point in his future. I don't you think know so, if you think, you think so. I think that I think that he's built like I, I think when player players do not want to end their career on the injury. They want to go out on their own term and I think Alex is one of those guys. So I do he's think a gamer. That he's a gamer, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to get back. He reiterated that he had no interest being in the front office. Like obviously he's under contract as a player getting twenty mil. So I, I love the energy and how great of a teammate he's been to Dwayne and Colt and like mm-hmm. like the veteran yeah. quarterbacks we brought in were like just good guys. So I really I really like that aspect. Obviously none of them were, you know, ballers, but just really good group of I, I'm sure that quarterback room was really a high quality quarterback room. Like in terms of the people. Um so yeah, like so last year's like, you know, we finished what one in one and seven or one in yeah, one and six the rest of the way, finished yeah. up seven and nine, I think. Right. And and then this year comes around, you know, obviously the problem is there's I actually had no expectations going into the season. For the first for the time in a long time. time. Usually like is like for some reason we're mediocre enough that like Redskins fans, you know this, like there's always some little bit of hope, like one little move happens and you're like, oh my God, maybe like this is the, like maybe that's it. Like maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's it. Like, and it doesn't happen. And then we're like, start out 0 and 6, fire Gruden, just Haskins looked awful when he threw him in there. Just awful decision to throw him in there in the Giants game week four. That was, oh. uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was that, if it was that awful though. I mean, I, I know, I know we, you and I, you and I kind of talked about it when it happened, right? Like it was a little bit of like Daniel Jones was starting for the giants and it was the whole thing. Like Daniel Jones and Dwayne, it wasn't a lot of external pressure. Of course, of course I know, but like to be fair, you know, there's nothing like being thrown to the fire and just kind of having to figure it out as you go. Like Dwayne has so so yeah I'm glad glad you brought us back to the 2019 season so Dwayne I mean part of part of the season and why we cared so much was Dwayne's development you know we no expectations it's really just like just get better week over week and I think that's something he did and I think I mean look at where he was the second time he played the Giants just to that first just to that half he played I mean it's two completely Incredible. different it's two completely different games it's like you think it's two different players it's that it's such a departure you right? said it. Yeah, he, and, and, he came out and was like, I don't like. I watched that film, and I would, I wanted to vomit. Like, I think his words were something along those lines. He's like, that was not me. Give me anything else in the world to watch. Like, I do not want to watch that film, because my main thing with not throwing Dwayne in to week four, if if Case was truly injured, like that, they're saying like Case might have had an ankle thing, like. Kind of heard it, and like Dwayne, like he, he like, might as well. But he was playing awful. The offense wasn't moving. Yep. Jake Green on the hot seat. Your own four, your own three. Like you're trying to right the ship. You're fighting for your coaching career, and then everyone's calling for Dwayne because you're starting Case Keenum, and Colt McCoy's not healthy, and so you throw Dwayne in there. And I, I, I think yes, I agree with your point about there's nothing like some throwing someone into the fire. Right, there's nothing like that, and there's no experience that can be replicated there. However, there needs to be what what we didn't have was 
a culture for the players. And that is something that Riverboat Ron has That's been true. really saying. And we, like, that Jay Gruden, everybody, that is not putting Dwayne in the best position to succeed, right? For sure. And, for sure. And I don't, I don't think Jay really cared. Like, that's my thing. Like, I think that's true. They're like, ah, let's just throw him in there. And obviously, you saw Jay's demeanor throughout that entire first half of the season. It was just like, yeah, I mean, we got to get better. I mean, like, yeah, like, we threw Dwayne in there. We're, like, I think he's got we're doing, we're doing, we're doing the right, we're doing the right things. Like, and it's just like, what? Like, bro, like, no, like, that's not like, he, like, give him a week of practice. Like, you just had case having first team reps all training camp and then expect that, you know, Dwayne is going to be your guy, but you're trying to make the playoffs. They're the, the coaching, coaching staff's agenda, the front office's agenda, the player's agenda were not on the same page. They were no, very no, 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 no. Yeah. That's yeah. what like, like when I saw Dwayne in that game and I saw Dwayne like progress, even though like there are a lot of bumps along the road, I felt like that RG three season when he's just like, taking those hits probably 2013 right when he came all in for week one right and then oh my god um, that man. that whole thing that whole thing jesus christ all in for right? week one while while doing subway commercials every 30 seconds and jesus uh the hits Dwayne was taking the way he was taking those hits man it hurt my heart like yeah he, he did take some really, he did take some he did take some bad hits he did take some bad hits and i always sacks. And, like, and yeah, and we all and we always and we always said like it'd be different if Trent Williams was there because he could protect that blind side. He's such an important part of that line, which we can get to that in a little bit because I think there's some hope he might come back. But um, but yeah, I mean, I told I and I and and still to this day, like I still agree with you. Like we didn't put him in a position to win. Like we he like I don't know how we ever expected him to succeed in that in that spot. Like Jay was definitely just trying to do everything possible to save his job. Which, to an extent, I I, resp- I, I you know respect I'm Jay. Sure. He really, I, I, I think he really did. I think, I, yeah, right, right. Maybe not a respect, but definitely, definitely some empathy there. Like, dude's just trying to save his career. He has his first round pick that he didn't even necessarily want. He audibly said it was known. It was known to everybody. Like, we're very clear that Dan, that, Dan, that Dan, the whole season. Yeah, that Dwayne just hit the whole season. That ownership wanted Dwayne in because it was Dan's pick. And, like, that's also the stuff that, you know, kind of pisses me off. Like, I understand you're the owner. You make – you can have the final decision, but you shouldn't. Like, you're the owner. You're not the expert. You're not – unless you're Robert Kraft, you shouldn't be involved in helping make decisions. Uh, and I don't even know – and, again, like, not that I know anything about other organizations. I'm not, you know, not some expert on other teams. But I, and I assume Robert Kraft is only involved in decisions that they want him involved in or that he wants to be involved in or that makes sense for him to be involved in. Dan can't – it's Bill's team, right? So it's got to be a similar thing where it's got to be Ron's team and Dan kind of just, like, supports him along the way whenever he needs it, but he can't be telling him, hey, like, I want you to draft this guy because I want my guy. Like, like, that has to stop um, for us to even be successful moving forward. We also can't have our owner – in the middle of a game, come down to uh, the locker room and tell our quarterback to not be smart and not go into the game. Like, like that creates that same culture with RG three. He was like, but like he was like best buds with him and like letting him use his like jet or like cars or whatever. I'm like, that's what creates this friction in the locker room that says, oh, like he like oh there that's Dwayne like. 
Dwayne and Dan are kind of tight, and now that alienates the rest of the team. Like, you're yeah. not going in there for, for some other – if anybody else got injured. You didn't go downstairs to, like – you don't hear about that. You just heard about it for Dwayne. So that is the type of stuff that I want Dan to stop. Speaking of Dan on that, on that culture note, you never hear Tom Brady say Bob Kraft or Robert. Never. 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 There is a clear line of respect that should be – that is Mr. Kraft. It's Mr. Kraft. Yep. It's Mr. Kraft. And when Ron was hired, he's been saying Mr. Snyder. And I love mm-hmm. that because everybody should see that there's a clear separation of, at the top between the owner and everybody else who works for the owner, right? You yep. cannot be friends with your owner, right? And like yeah. that, that's, exactly. what yep. I, that's what I struggle with. So as long as players – and coaching staff and everybody refers to him as Mr. Snyder, just saying those words like that will create a sense of a better culture, just like understanding the differences between the ownership and the culture. And I don't think that Ron will let Dan come downstairs and, and like hang out with the team like that. Like, I don't think like he's about to come downstairs and go into the locker room during a game. Like it's not even after the game. All right, let's transition to, some positive notes. I think we've <laughs> spent the last 40 minutes kind of bashing them a little bit, bashing them. And I think deservedly so, right? Like it's about yeah. time oh. that we got, Oh, we can, we can, we can do it for, lo- we can do it for longer. <laughs> oh yeah. We could have like our entire been doing it for, been doing it for, be. been doing it for like, been doing it for two decades. Exactly. What's another 20 minutes? What's another 20 minutes? <laughs> let's, let's talk some bright spots. Let's talk bright a little spot. bit about absolutely Harry. Harry McLaurin, Steven Elvin Harmon. Let's talk about F1, our wide, F1, young wide receiver F1, court. baby. Yeah, our, those young receivers, man, they're good. They're good. Those boys can play football. I mean, I think something we noticed across all of football this year was a lot. there's a lot of rookies that had a lot of success. Um, I mean, you see guys like A.J. Brown over in Tennessee just, like, absolutely killing it. Like, clearly DK the NFL or DK. Oh, yeah, DK out in Seattle. I still don't think – I still don't think he's like some some superior route runner, but I mean he's a freak of huge. nature, and he's with uh, and and with some you know with some built-in work to to fix his hip flexibility, uh, I think he'll he could become one of the best receivers in the NFL. I mean just with his with his size and with his speed, and he's got great hands, and great athleticism, and a great sense for the sport. Like if he can just fine tune that route running, like he can be he, he can be one of the best to ever do it. But that's a whole that's a whole another team. We don't give we don't give a shit about them. They're in the playoffs. Um, they're probably I I, I think they're going to beat the the Packers tonight. Um, I know that's a, that's against popular belief, but I think they might do it. Think, regardless, regardless, like Russell Wilson. I mean, he I think he was the the league MVP. I know a lot of people don't like that, like saying it was Lamar, but also, again. Uh, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's team, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's team is is not great. You know the Seahawks aren't some incredible team uh, this year, but he made them uh, what they are. And so, but that you know again, neither neither here nor there. Going back to Terry and and Steve and and Kevin. Uh, so I mean, these guys are the core, right? Like they're part of that core looking forward. I mean, you look at the future and its names. I mean, it's Terry. It's it's Sims, it's, you know, Harmon, it's Geis, it's, um, it's Haskins. And then you look on the defense and it's Matt Ioannidis, it's John Allen, it's De- it's De'Aaron, or Deron, excuse me, I didn't mean to uh, pronounce his name wrong. And then, 
And then, I mean, you want to talk about what's really, really got us excited. That boy in number two uh, from the Ohio State University. I mean, you want to talk about things that can get a fan base excited, and it's literally drafting the human version of the Predator. I Like, we can't fuck that up. Like, <laughs> my God. Like, part of me still feels like we might, we might do something stupid. Like, and I don't want to trade down. I don't, I don't want, I just want him. I want him on our team opposite Montez Sweat. And, and that's a, that's a fun thing. Let's transition also from these bright spots to the coaching staff overhaul. Jack Del Rio is now our defensive coordinator, comes in with a lot of respect, a lot of clout, right? Every single year, it's coincidence that's happened, but he's uh every time he joined a new team i think when he was on the broncos they drafted von miller that year when he was on uh carolina i think like back in the day i think they drafted uh uh julius peppers um Mm -hmm. yep there 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 are a couple guys that you know like he draft they drafted as soon as he got there and like they were the bookend uh pass rushers that like changed the game so now to be in a four three not having Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat drop into coverage, right? Like oh. we don't. I don't want to see Ryan Kerrigan in coverage. Like yeah, I don't. Right. Like, there's like there's a reason Ryan Kerrigan doesn't cover running backs. It's because he's a he's a fucking defensive end. Like <laughs> yeah. And so I'm glad that these guys are going to have their hands in their in the dirt and are going to be rushing the quarterback every play and every down instead of like sometimes dropping into coverage. Now our middle linebacker positions are middle linebackers are. Or just linebackers in general are uh, an interesting situation. We have Ruben Foster potentially coming back that could man yeah. our entire defense. I, we got a lot of shit for it when we picked him up, but I think I think Ruben can be a part of our future. I think we have something in Cole Holcomb, and John Bostic played all right in spot situations. I like him as yep. a reserve, but not as a starter. And mm-hmm. and I think we we need to draft a. I think. Ron's going to want a guy like a Luke Keekley, like manning the middle of the quarterback of the defense. The quarterback, uh, so yeah. I'm really excited for this draft. I think that, you know, people say like, whether it's a weak draft here nor there. And I'm like, there's always talent. There will always be talent and the best evaluators will find that talent. And I loved that we found Steven. Like, I love that we found Steven Sims. Like, and you mentioned this uh, when we were chatting over Instagram a while ago is that, you know, when, when we heard about Scott Turner being our new offensive coordinator, you know, yeah. really putting Steven in situations similar to Steve, uh, Christian Ka- McCaffrey, right? And who mm-hmm. is a stud? That man is like two positions in one, literally like got the stats of a wide receiver and a running back and top of the league at both. So it's like that man's is – on another level, I think Steven has a little bit of a running back style in him. That, like, 60-yard run he had against New England, that that was insane. That was, like, like his acceleration, his speed is beautiful. He came on so strong in the last few games of the season. It was actually, like, Terry not getting the touchdowns and Steven getting those touchdowns. He had, like, five touchdowns over the last, like, four games, which is huge for an undrafted guy. So, I think he's our slot of the future. I think, I th- I think we do need to find maybe like a, a veteran uh, in the locker room for 
the wide receiver group. I don't think we need to go out and get a spend big money on Amari Cooper or like if he becomes available. Like I, I like our receiving core. There just needs to be a little bit more um, age in there, I think. And right. I think that's going to be a good group because I think Kelvin, Josh Norman has said this, Kelvin is like a baby Julio, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, they, and it's in, Dwayne Haskins said Steven is like uh, a young AB, right? And like to hear mm-hmm. like, these types of comparisons and then to see comparisons. them like produce, right? You make a comparison in training camp and then you actually see them produce on the field and it's like, wow, like Kelvin is a big target big red zone threat and I think Kelvin can really develop into a nice player um so Scott Turner I I don't know too much about him I haven't read the new like the athletics new posts on what the offense is going to look like um under him but my main issue with the Redskins has always been that you know when Jason Campbell came uh we had Joe Gibbs and then we fired Joe or Joe Gibbs is gone we bring in Jim Zorn so within two years quarterback had to learn two systems RG3 comes right. in under Shanahan, same thing. Shanahan gets fired in 2019. Jay Gruden comes in. RG3 now has to learn a whole new system. Then yeah. now we have Dwayne, history repeating itself. Draft a quarterback in the final year of a coach's contract or when he's about to get fired, and then, boom, new offense, new offense, lexicon that he has to learn, whole new system, and this is his third system in three years now. So that like that's why I really I was really like disheartened when they couldn't figure out a way to keep Kevin or just make Kevin yeah. happy because I I think reports were saying that Kevin actually like didn't want to come back. It wasn't really like about it wasn't uh, about how much we wanted him. It was about how bad he wanted to leave, which I get like I get it. I get it. You know, you want to feel like I mean, to an extent like I could even see like Ron Rivera not wanting to really keep too many people from that previous staff. Just like there's only you want three to... individuals in the building left from like who were here. Like, yeah, it's the, it's the special teams coordinator. Uh, Doug Williams. It's, uh, what, what, it, it's Doug Williams, but he got a demotion. He got a demotion. He got, yeah, he he's, got he's, he's, he's now the director of, yeah, he's now the director of like vice president of player development, not yeah, player, player development. Yeah. Player development. That's right. Um, and he'll and report then, directly to Rivera. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Crazy, oh. but good. Crazy, good. but good. Good. Crazy, good, but good. Crazy. And then we yeah. have Kyle Smith, who potentially is an internal candidate to be our next Could GM. Be, to be the next, to be the next GM, um, which, which I think, which I think I like. I mean, he's done a really good job in, Kind of that he wasn't he in that kind of player development role that Doug Williams is in now. He was like in charge of like yeah, recruit, he was like recruiting like recruiting like recruiting. He's been around for a while now, right? Yeah, he's been a, he's been a top scout. Um, I think he yeah he's been with the Skins for a while. I think yeah. um, losing Eric losing Eric losing Eric Schaefer kind of sucks though. I loved Eric. I actually like gave him a, a ride a couple times. I talked to him. I was like, yo, I, I told him very like candidly i was like hey man like this your your role like is something that i want like as my career like i want your job one day Uh, (laughs) he laughed laughed and and, and we were like just driving around richmond he's just a good dude uh i really i really liked eric i was really sad to see eric leave i wanted to see him get a promotion because i don't think he was close even close to the issue 
Um, I think it was all Bruce and a lot of the culture there. And it's just new people. So it's a brand new culture. It's got to be. You can't, it's very hard to keep the same culture when nobody. Yeah, you can't, you can't hold on. Yeah, you can't like hold on to the past. Right. I mean, he was there for 17 years. Like that's got to, that's got to say something, right? Like you were with that organization for 17 years. I mean, yeah, he did. He's done. And, and I mean, just to even play a little bit of devil's advocate, you know, obviously he's highly respected throughout, throughout the league, but this is also the guy that was, you know, on board when, you know, we've signed, you know, he was part of the Josh Norman deal. Like he was like, well, well, like, like yeah, he was, so I, I mean, and, and I could be trying to grasp, and I, and I could, and, and, and Albert Hainsworth, and like, I could be grasping for straws for bad contracts. I was trying to go pat, I was, I was like trying to go backwards yeah. in my mind, but like, he also was part of the team that could not figure out how to bring back Kirk Cousins. Like, like there's plenty to like kind of pull from where you could go and find faults in it. I mean, obviously he did a phenomenal job with like the more recent stuff, like Landon Collins and some of those contracts. Like we only played, we only paid Landon Collins like $4 million this year, um, which obviously we're like back. It's like, well, it's like very, very, very back heavy and, and all that. But that's kind of along the lines of what you need for an organization that's still developing. Like you gotta be able to pay players on the front end and all that and like save money to pay your young guys and extend your young guys, um, which I, which I get, but you know, I, I, and I don't know, it's hard to see a situation where this new who's, and I'm trying to remember the new, the new guy's name. Um, but you know, everything uh, I've been, um, I, I, I can't remember his they name. They haven't now. hired him yet. They haven't hired him yet. I know he's the uh, act. He's uh, like from the Panthers. Marty, yeah, he, Marty, yeah. Mar- something. Anyway, yeah, I can't remember his name, but anyway, he he's everything I've seen on him is just like he's a it's a it'd be a good hire. He's super fair in his assessment, and he's like very just kind of like upfront, like hey, this is what we want to do. This is this is what we think of you, and and he's very fair and just in his assessment. Which honestly, that's all you really need for someone in that position. I think it's kind of hard to fuck that up when you're bringing someone from another organization. Like if they've already done it, they're probably already good at it. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and criticize that we couldn't bring back Schaefer. Like, yeah, it sucks, but I don't think that like, yeah, he wasn't part of the problem. I don't think Schaefer wanted to be here. Yeah. Again, like he's kind of rotting. He wasn't necessarily part of the solution. He's rotting in this organization of mine and he's supposed to be well-respected across the entire league. And it's like, if he's that respected, I think he can find something. He'll find something better for sure, and I think that. And, and the only reason we bring that up is because that's similar to KOC. Like, K, like KOC is a very like Sean McVay type. Which him landing in the Rams, I think that's great for his career. I think Sean McVay and him are more likely than not going to work very, very well together. Um, uh, I, I think Kevin, with the opportunity to work under a coach who is super young like him, very offensive minded, very kind of like well, Kevin. Kevin grew up. NF, under but, Sean, Kevin grew up under Sean. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was, play, he, was like, he was like the he was like the play scripter under Sean, right? Yeah, so he he grew under that role. Sean left. Kevin get and kept getting promoted. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, Sean was his mentor in a lot of ways, and and there's some talk about you know uh, whether Josh McDaniels was going to get that Cleveland job, and I don't think Josh is going anywhere. So there's no way that Kevin would take a demotion. Um, and then there was also rumors that the Eagles wanted KOC, and I was so oh glad that God, didn't happen. Oh, my God, I saw happen. that. Oh, my God, I was I so was worried. Like, I, I was so worried. I was going to – oh, man, that was going to be awful. I was going to lose um, my mind. And 
so that and then there's like just talk about you know if he if he picked to go back to Sean McVay it's a great move for him but it, does it also show like he's going back to work for his mentor maybe he's a year or two away from taking that next step as a as mm-hmm. a leader as a coordinator as a coach uh and you know I'm I'm happy for Kevin I hope maybe he's the type of guy that maybe comes back but again it, it hurts to see like Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, two guys in the in the playoffs. Rams were in the playoffs last year, Sean McVay, like and then now Kevin and it's like you just wish that I I part of me and I know that we made the right decision with Riverboat and we wouldn't have had this podcast without Riverboat, but part of me did want KOC to just get promoted to the head coach. Mm-hmm. Like and I don't think that would have been right. I don't think we would have righted the ship the way we will now hopefully. Uh, but, you know, wish Kevin the best of luck in, in L.A. Of course. And there's going to be in a better weather, better, better everything out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think he, 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 I think he can, he can definitely do some good things over there. Um, and, I, and, I'm, and, and to that point, you know, I'm still really, really excited about having a guy like Scott Turner. I mean, he, he, you know, worked with Cam, you know, he's got, he's got some, I mean, he really, really, I, I was reading something. He really, really liked Dwayne. Um, when Dwayne was in college, he actually, I was, I read something the other day when I was yep. just, you know, doing my, doing my Scott Turner reading. And there was a game in particular uh, where Ohio state was playing against Michigan and they were Michigan. down by, yeah, the Ohio state Michigan game when Scott, when Scott was still an analyst uh, at Michigan uh, and they were down 31, 10 JT Barrett got hurt and Dwayne came in and led Ohio state to a victory um, and obviously and onwards. Um, but so, so he knows, so he knows what he, he knows he's got a lot of talent in Dwayne. I mean, his, his, you know, it's his body of work in the NFL is somewhat limited, but you know, there is some reason for hope there. I mean, he's been, he's, he was around the Redskins organization as a young kid when Norv, when, when Norv was around and, you know, he's, he has ties. So he will want, he'll be, you know, he'll be excited to make it work. And it's really his chance to show, the rest of the NFL that he, you know, he's not necessarily like he's his dad, but he can be, he can be successful. You know, he's not just Norv's kid. You know, he has to take that extra step and he's got to be Scott. You know, he can't just, oh, it's because it was funny because every single report was like, oh, it's North Turner's son, Scott. Yep. It has to be, it has, yep. and he, it, and it, it, there's, there's got to be some internal drive to him to want to be like, no, I just, I want to be offensive My coordinator Scott Turner. I, I, I don't want to be Norv's kid, yeah. right? And then the other thing is, like, you, you saw it, it took time with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, Kyle Shanahan is not viewed as Mike Shanahan's son anymore. He's Kyle yeah, not anymore. head coach oh, yeah. of, a, of a team that's going to the NFC Championship game. Might, yeah. might, win the, might, might win the whole thing the way that defense is playing. Right? And so, like, I, I'm looking for – obviously, we have nothing I, – I can't say – I don't know anything about Scott in the sense that we haven't right, seen right. what he's going to do with our team. So – just hopeful that, that he's able to really put Dwayne in a lot of good positions to succeed. And the overall direction of the franchise, I'm just like, I'm happy with it because like, I, I was actually, um, I read something last night about how Steve Smith, uh, like wide receiver from Panthers, right? Like, I, yeah. I, know, I, know, keep, keep going. I, th- said, I think I read the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he came out and said, damn, like, he criticized 
what Rivera has done since he's gotten here. And it's like, what, like, so the biggest culture change is like taking out the ping pong tables and like the shuffleboard, like what, like you, you, why would you not do everything you can to keep Kevin? Right. Like, it's not like, uh, like Scott, Scott Turner got promoted after Rivera got fired, but, um, to an offensive coordinator role. So he was only an offensive coordinator for like the latter four games of the season. And so now he comes in as a full blown offensive coordinator. And it's like, all, all we wanted was like Kevin to come in. And maybe I, I, I was uh, listening to one of six to seven, the fan today and, and shout out to those guys. Honestly, like they've been doing it for years, I'm not saying that they're the best at their role, but I, I like, what they have to bring to the table sometimes, unique perspectives. And they were saying, like, maybe uh, maybe all the signs don't point to Dwayne being the guy, right? And, like, right, we saw right. stuff and uh, from Dwayne, and it was great to see, but that's under Kevin and under Kevin's tutelage, and it took a lot of time and progress. But, you know, like, there's a chance that Dwayne isn't the guy, but I don't think that we would take another quarterback in the first round. Like I don't think. No, 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 no. But but my but my point to that is we will take veteran. one. We will take one. We will take one. I, we will either go get some veteran uh, to put on we'll our to put on our bench. Veterans. I could also see us multiple times. I could also see us uh, using kind of like a like a mid to late round pick um, on on some quarterbacks. I mean, there there are folks all over the place um, who could be that, um, but. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not some expert, but I mean, mid, mid to late round QBs are good development guys. Uh, but go, but go ahead. As backups, but I, I don't, I genuinely, I genuinely don't believe it would be good. Like, I do not think it was good for either RG3 or Kirk to both be in the quarterback room in the same draft class, like drafted three rounds apart. I don't, I don't think that's like, it's going to be healthy Whoa. for Dwayne's development to draft a quarterback. I think, you bring in like a quality veteran quarterback, like you bring back a Case or Colt or or Alex Smith or whatever, right? And you mm-hmm. put them in and let them compete with Dwayne. That's fine. But I think if you bring in like a rookie uh, to try and kind of compete with Dwayne, I, I don't think it's a That's good look culture of and Dwayne's That's confidence, and anyone's confidence there, because it's like, what, yeah. what what's happening here? Like, let's hang our hat on like a veteran. And our young guy, we have a young guy. We don't need another young guy to bring in to develop. What we really That's need true. is like a veteran to come in. And Rivera has just said this multiple times, saying like, you know, I think uh, there will be a couple quality veterans that might get a chance to play. And so, and and so he hasn't like given Dwayne full credit yet. And I like that. I actually love that. Um, Rivera. He's got to go earn, he's gotta, he's gotta go earn it. Yeah, got to yeah, go no, earn it. Go work for it. And so I'm excited. I think Dwayne will be the guy. I think Dwayne is probably the de facto starter at this point. I think that they're saying this stuff to clearly get the players and everybody in the organization on board, as well as the fans, to understand, like, you got to earn every single thing you're, you're getting here, and nothing will be handed to you. So, yeah, and I, I, and, I, and I do like that. I do like that. I love I, I, I do I do like that. It's necessary. I think – I think it's. I think this team will, for the first time, we will see the Redskins family. I think Josh Norman talked about it a lot. Uh, like 
Rivera, family guy, and he will create a culture where he gets to know his guys and cares about them. By yeah, he, he does. That, that's, a, that, that's a big thing. That's a big thing. He really cares about his players. I saw I saw a video of Devin him. The, the Devin, Devin Punches video. video. Yeah, the Devin Punches video where Punches' okay. cousin had passed had passed away and he got into – he, like, got, had gotten into it with, uh, with, Scott, with Scott Turner, actually. Scott Turner, um, yeah. During during practice, and you know Rivera just like pulled him aside. I was like, dude, like you know, you ever need to talk about anything? Like we're here for you. Like we're here for you to talk to you. Like I'm here for you. You know, we're all family here. And I, and and that's a big that's a big thing. And and people can say what they want about like Steve Smith. Like first of all, Steve Smith, you've never run a team. Like shut your mouth, dude. Um, you know, you've never had like Steve Smith has never been in a position where he has been in or been with an organization like the Redskins. He's been with pretty solid organizations his whole career. Um, you know, he, like, I, I just, just yeah, save me. With, like, just, just please, like, please save me. Like, please save me from that. Like, what have you ever done aside from being a player? Like, again, I respect every single player that's ever played in the NFL, especially a guy like Steve Smith, who is a hall of hall of famer, like famer. incredible career. But again, you've never run a football team and, you know, Rivera came in and it was that the whole point was we're going to change things. If you, don't take out those ping pong tables and the shuffleboard tables, then what really changed? Like you need to come in and say, we're going to be a different football team. And I, and I, and I like that. I like that. We're taking those aggressive steps, be it as trivial as they might seem for anyone in the out, on the outside, a three and 13 team shouldn't be playing ping pong and shuffleboard in the locker room. You can do 100%. that. You, you can do that if you're a perennial playoff team, but you know, yeah. or, or, or whatever, like if you're the Pats. Earn and it. you Earn have it. and you have six Super Bowls. Sure, you want to go play ping pong? I'm pretty sure you can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, like, it, it's just go go focus on winning football, and then you can relax. Like, you shouldn't be relaxed until you are the best you can possibly be, and we are so far from that. So I appreciate Ron for coming in and being and like, yeah, the people can criticize it all they want, and it's actually ridiculous how many like heads and experts were talking about the ping pong tables and the shuffleboard, like, can we focus on the bigger picture here? Um, which hopefully listeners, hopefully we've done a little bit of that today, but um, to that, to that point, yeah, like Ron's going to come in, he's changing things. He's going to be a family guy. He's very oriented. Um, and it kind of something that, you know, and I don't know if you, you, you'd want to segue with me here um, talking a little bit about like the guys that may or may not be coming back next year. You spoke a little bit about Josh. Like Josh is the Ooh. Josh is the Josh has drawn a significant amount of ire from a majority of the Redskins fan base. I mean, it's pretty and the coaches pretty, previously and, co- and right. coaches everybody. But something but again, that's worth being said. He's st- he's still he's still there. And like, can you really fault someone? For, I mean, yeah, you can obviously you can fault them, and it's their fault for not staying motivated. And like, but Josh is like 32 years old. He's got his massive contract. Like, I don't blame him for not caring about not wanting to play for, not wanting to play hard for a three and ten team or whatever. Like, yeah, it's stupid. Like, you should go out and you should play hard. But that's also on the coaching staff a little bit, right? Like, like we, like you and I talked about go last deeper year. There. Like, like, are we going? Are we? Are we going to go deeper? Going to go back to DJ Swearinger? Oh man. <laughs> uh, so. Josh, Josh is interesting now, given that Rivera is here, right? Right. That's why Josh is interesting. Josh is too high of a cap figure 
at his level of play. However, none of our secondary except Quinn Dunbar this season ever played well under Greg Minuski or Joe yeah. Barry or like Jay Gruden overall. Right? Like right. think about it. We I think um did we have was um Jay Gruden's first defensive coordinator, Jim Hazlitt? Or was that Shanahan's? Might be it doesn't matter. Point is, is that, I, I can't that, remember. According to all of the reports from the players, is that the schemes that Greg Minuski put on were so complex, Perfect. and that there was so much confusion on the back end uh, in the secondary. Hence, why we saw so many big plays. It and looked like Landon it, it Collins. Like yeah. Not see Landon Collins be Landon Collins. Landon Collins was not a, a top safety league this year. Like. But rightfully so, because the defensive schemes that they were implementing were awful. So Josh so Norman bad. is not a man-to-man corner. Josh Norman is not good enough to be man-to-man. He's not fast enough. He's not enough. fast. He's not strong. strong. He's not fast enough. He's zone player, right? You got to play zone with Josh, where he can, like, see the quarterback and make a break on the ball. He's a ball hawk. Right, like, right. Like, just go, like, like, just go, like, just go make a play. He's a make a play. Type guy. Mm-hmm. Right? He's still punching footballs out. Right, like so, Josh has which that. Which he does, which he does, which he might do better. Which he might do. He actually might do that better than almost any corner in the NFL. He punches out footballs, sure. right, like regularly. Right. He might like he like he's not making this. He's not necessarily like breaking and making plays on the football every time, especially in man. Because again, like you just said, it's not his game. Um, which people might say, why are you paying someone eighteen million dollars? Like he, he does what you want him to do. It's like no, like that's just not the case. Players are who they are. To your point earlier about what we talked yeah. about when with Kurt with Kirk Cousins, but. You know, yeah, we need to be running zones. And something I did, I, I really, something I did, something, one of the things I love about Jack Del Rio's hire and the Ron Rivera hire, that all the reports, everything says that they are like a, like, see the ball, make the play. Like, we're not, like, they're not going to overcomplicate it. They're just going to put players in a position to make a play and then rely on players' instincts. That's, that's I, all we I, I see, oh, I see no why, problem why with that. Why taking this long? Like I, I, see no I feel like every that. issue with the team over the la- our entire life has been like, where is the common sense here? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I'm like everywhere, what? man, like, everywhere. Right. So with Josh specifically, I think his contract figure is going to be very important in terms of like his time in Washington could definitely be done, right? Like for sure. But I think given Rivera's hire, and I think given the new direction of this entire franchise, right, for all the players that are still here that want to be here, like, this is great for them. Like, they get a fresh uh, fresh go with all these new coaches. Like, they get to show their talent, and, like, they would want to be here because it's a new culture. I think Josh would be someone who is a candidate to be restructured. And I think from Josh's perspective, yes, he could just – be like, no, I want my money, but then he'd get cut and still lose a lot of money. Or he could just be like, yo, I I think this team could actually finally do something, so I will take a pay cut so we can get better overall. And, like, yeah, so Josh is one of those guys. I I hate to, I hate to say it, but, man, I, I don't think Jordan's back. I don't think Jordan Reed's coming back. We really he should. That, he should. He need. He needs. He needs to retire. He needs to just yeah. be done. That that yeah. man uh, has has had like eight. Come he's had like eight serious Jordan. concussions. Jordan, Jordan, come Jordan. on our podcast. 
Jordan, retire. come talk to us. Let's live come a good life. Come talk to us. Retire, retire. We could, would love another member of Riverboat Redskins. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. And he's 30, and, and yes, he's still, uh, like, the main thing, there are a lot of comparisons between him and Greg Olson, right, given, like, Norv Turner's offense in Carolina and, and how they wanted to, you know, really emphasize the tight end. So we know that we have to emphasize the tight end. But Jordan, cutting Jordan or, like, getting uh, releasing Jordan will save us $8.5 million against the cap. Like, we can create, like, I think we'd have, like, 60 to $70 million in cap space when it's all said and done. So, yeah, like, we got to re-sign Brandon. Uh, we got to take care of our, our guys. I think Eric Flowers was one of the biggest surprises this season. Yep. Who knew? Who knew? And I think the way the draft and free agency is going to play out really hinges on Trent. I think there's a reason if you're Trent, like you're with the only team that you've ever known. And now all the problems that you had with the team are gone. Like you, there's not a single individual left on the team that he had an issue with. Right. The head trainer is gone. The entire medical staff is revamped. Like, Bruce Allen is gone. Like everyone's gone, dude. Like he sacrificed. He sacrificed the whole. He sacrificed the whole season for this team. And like he's and still friends. And he's still friends him, with like eight. He, right. Like maybe, maybe we maybe win like two or three more games. Right. And maybe it, it's good enough that like Gruden, Gruden was there for another couple games, and and maybe like Bruce Allen looked a little bit better, and like. You know, it, it could have been worse, but maybe – so maybe shout-out Trent. Like, you know, I, I have a lot of – I have not a lot of stories. I have one incredible story of Trent. Um, uh, it's definitely not meant for the podcast, but that's a different topic. Um, and Mo Harris and, and a couple of these guys that, that – I just love those guys. Um, but, yeah, I think if Trent comes back, that alters our entire draft need and our free agency need because then we don't Big have time. a glaring hole at left tackle. I like Donald Penn. I thought Donald Penn at 35, 36 years old, like, played relatively pretty awesome, um, even though, like, I, I think a lot of the sacks that Dwayne took were Dwayne's fault, not the offensive lines. Um, but Brandon needs to come back healthy. Brandon needs to stay healthy, and he'll get his all-pro money. Trent comes back, get him a new contract. There goes some of that cash. Uh, Morgan, Morgan has Morgan's play has kind of deteriorated. He's kind of been a fan favorite, UVA guy. Uh, right. Um, Eric Flowers, I think, should stay at left guard, and I like Chase Chase Rulier, uh as our. So I think our offensive line can be very good if Trent comes back. If not, then we have to invest a high round pick. And an offense. We have we we will. Have, I think yeah. I think if we don't, and if it looks like if it looks like Trent's like really not going to come back, we have to we have to do something about that left tackle position. Either in some either like tr- either sacrificing some 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 folks and trading. Like you could even use like as unfortunate as it would be like a Ryan Kerrigan to move up into the first round, back into the first round, along with like a pick or two to go get you know a tackle, be it left tackle, right tackle, or swing tackle, whatever. Um, but we you know that we have to do something about Dwayne's blind side. You know, you can't like to yeah. your point. Like Donald, Donald Penn, like thirty six years old, has been out of the league for like a year. Um, I mean, really came in and, and him up off the street, yeah. he he, he t- picked him up off the street, and I'm pretty sure he started every single game every at left game. tackle. 
So, you know, I, I, I mean, hats, hats off to hats off to Donald Penn. Like, thank you for coming in and filling a position of need for obviously a not very good football team. Um, so, you know, really appreciate him. But if this team is going to have any real aspirations, uh, Riverboat has to has to find a way um, of bringing back Trent. And if it means extending him and giving him some more money, then yeah, he he deserves that money. The guy, the guy deserves the money. He's one of the best left tackles. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say and say he's one of the best left tackles in history, but in the last, you know, my years, our years of existence, yeah. he's one the of the best left years, tackles yeah. I've I've ever seen. He's probably the best left tackle of the last decade. And he, um, he's a ride or so, die for the team, man. Like, yeah, he, like, yeah, and, and, and he's still guy, friends. Like, like, he, he's still friends with all the guys. He's still like. Still talks to still talks to AP and talks to D'Angelo all the time and he, and he has never, ever truly out of his mouth ever truly closed the doors on coming back as a Redskin. He only ever talked about the issues he had and to your point, all those issues are now gone. So there's no point for him to not sit down with Ron and Ron also did say it was one of his priorities to sit down with um, you know with Trent and really talk about his future and figure something out because. To that point, if he's not coming back, we have to move him. We have to figure something out because that's a – because, again, as much as yeah. I love our guys, as much as I love the guy who's been loyal to us through everything, if he's not coming back, then we have to get something for him. And that's all from the football perspective. Um, but, again, you know, would I and, love to have him back? Yeah. yeah, because I don't know because I don't know if I'd really trust anyone else to be protecting Dwayne's blindside right now. And I, I think I – think, let, let, okay, so hypothetically, let's just say he does come back, right? That shifts everything for us in the draft, right? Now we can go very confidently, obviously, pick Chase, Chase Young, Young, and then mm-hmm. maybe, like, get another receiver in there, get another couple – a corner and, and a stud uh, middle linebacker. I think our defensive yeah. line is great, right? Um, and and we got to address the safety position. Um, so alongside landing, someone's got to, someone's got to play free safety. Monte Nicholson, Might, yeah, I don't know. If he's, yeah. he's not going to be back. I, I think, I don't think he fits a Rivera so. type, um, like culture. Uh, and he just had too many off the field issues. I liked Monte. I liked his speed. He was super fast, but again, Greg Minuski never put any of these guys in a good position to succeed. Uh, so yeah, we have quite a few needs, but we're not, we're, we're, based on the talent of this team and like Rivera coming in, like I don't think Rivera and he said in his press conference, this doesn't need to be a five year rebuild. This can be no, no like can be, a one this or can two be year quick. rebuild. This can be quick. This can be quick. And it hinges on the quarterback. Hinges on the quarterback. And if our quarterback balls out, we're good. I think the defense is gonna be great. Uh finally I think we'll live up to expectations because for the past few the years our defense yeah. is supposed to be good. On paper we were pretty good defense until you show up on the field. And then it's like, what happened? Um, so yeah, let's go, let's go through the roster just a little bit as our kind of like last exercise or last thing. Let's yeah. Start with running back, back, right? Quarterback. We, we're going to believe that Dwayne, and then there's going to be Alex Smith, obviously on the roster in name only, and then probably bring in another veteran quarterback to back up Dwayne and compete yeah. with him on running back. Right. We'll have Darius Geis back. We'll have Bryce Love who I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm, and, I, and I like him a lot. We better, we better bring back AP. Like, well, he, well, we have, we already have him for another, we already have him for another year, I think, because we, because we yeah. signed him for it was two years, four million a year, and can, and and for for two seconds, I mean, AP, 
Oh, my AP, man. Oh, my my God. Let's give this go. Let's give this go all the respect in the world. Incredible. Incredible. 30, 30, 30, God knows how many years. AP all day, man. I've had, you know, again, yeah, these last two years have been have been tough, but watching AP run that football, man, it, it God, it's a treat. Like it's a treat. It's a treat. It's like, a treat. He's, like when I he's, pretty, he's pretty big. He's pretty big. Derrick Henry is a scary man. Like, I, <laughs> that man puts fear into defenses. Like, the way I see him run, I've seen him run the last three weeks, 185 yards each. The way Adrian Peterson also ran, I think Adrian is a little uh, – I don't think he's as strong, obviously, as Derek, but the way AP runs is so violent too. And same with Darius. So I'm I'm ready to see us I'm ready to see football mm-hmm. and, and see Geis really take a step, but no chance that AP is not on the roster because that man that man should be there. He deserves to be there. He's earned it. Uh, and he's still got it. And I think Bryce Love is gonna be recovered from his ACL. Uh we drafted in the fourth round last year. Uh, supposed to be a very nice like pass catching type of player, so I, I think that spells the end of CT. Unfortunately, shout out CT. Unfortunately, yeah, him. he's been great. He's been great. He's been he's been great. He was he was one of the he nicest. Just a, he just had a kid too. Oh, congratulations, CT. That's awesome. Um, I'm, I loved him. Uh, he he was one of the nicest people I had met. Um at Redskins training camp, and he, he was just a good guy, like, good guy overall. So I wish him the best of luck if he's not back. Uh, but if he is back, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of, like, uh, if they I, – I don't know if he's a free agent or if – I think he's a free agent. Um, but I think the case – yeah, yeah, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. CT is that, hey, if, if we sign him to an incentive-based contract and and, like, he wants to come back, like – I think he'll have a spot on the team, and I think he'll have a role on the offense. So, if he does, he can. Um, anyway, let's go to wide receiver. So, I think we got Terry at the top. Terry. Calvin, Terry. Even, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're pretty good there. I'm sure they're going to add a couple of veterans and, and round out that, that young core. Yeah, I was actually – yeah, I was looking at that. I was looking at the, the available wide receivers – um, in the very in free, in yeah. free agency, it's it's pretty limited unless you unless you really want to go spend some money. It's guys like like AJ, the AJ Greens of the world, the Larry Fitzgeralds. I mean Emmanuel Sanders, yeah. Funch, Funchess, um, one of those guys that we talked about a little a little earlier. Um, I mean, yeah, he's with he's with Indy right now, and he only but he only played one game last year, and that's the kind of guy who I mean he can come back for super cheap. Um, yeah. He come, he, he, yeah, you can bring him on for especially not, not, Carolina guy. Be, no. Yeah, exactly. Car- like former Carolina guy, like obviously probably good rapport with Ron Rivera. If that video is anything to do with it. Um, only played one game in Indy, so he definitely isn't you know that emotionally tied to Indy. Um, so we'll so we'll see. I don't know if he got, but it looks like he's a UFA after this year. Playing for ten million dollars, we're not going to give him ten million dollars. So no we might chance. not be the we. So we might not be the payday he's looking for. But that's the kind of guy you can bring on for like two years, um, make him like a number two receiver opposite of uh, opposite of Terry. I think Terry should be our undisputed number one moving forward, no matter what. For um, sure. I think I think you put two. I yeah. I think if we don't if we don't bring anyone on, yeah, I agree. I think I think Kelvin takes that too. But I just. In the preseason this this year and last year, I actually loved 
like I didn't understand why Steven Sims like was the guy that they wanted on the team over uh Cam, Cam Sims. Sims. Right? And and then Steven showed showed why he should he deserves a spot. So versus so but I like I like Cam's size. Like Cam is huge, a huge target, and I just I think he's a baller. I think he will ball out if he's a, if he gets a chance. And I think he did towards the end of the season. Uh, he had a couple. I think he had a big third down catch uh, in the red zone uh, from Dwayne that like moved the chains. That was like a really like whoa, Dwayne is making some plays here. But Cam is a physical tough guy. I think he's gonna make it. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Tight end. Uh, I'm Jeremy Sprinkle is not the answer. Jeremy Sprinkle is not the answer. He's a great run blocker. I'll give him that. But yeah, that's it. That's it. Anybody you can't bring back. Yeah, no Jordan. I don't think Vern. I think Vernon is done. Probably Vernon's done. Vernon's probably done. But to be let's let's give Vernon, love, love Vernon, Vernon. A, quick, a quick shout out. Love super good dude. You you said yourself you had some really good interactions oh, with Vernon. One of my favorite players. I'll, I can tell. I can definitely share this story. I was uh. Coming back, um, it was a late late night. I I picked up and dropped off some players. They they went out, um, and then I come back and Vernon. Vernon had a good night with his uh with his wife or girlfriend at the time. I I'm not sure. And I get in the elevator with him, and I had already had a few interactions with him by this point, and you know, and it was always like super nice. So I was like, oh, like. Vernon's kind of got his head down. He's not, like, looking at me. He saw me, but he didn't, like, say anything. And I was like, oh, damn, like, it's like that now, huh? Like, you know? And then he, like, <laughs> looks up, and he and he realizes, like, I'm like, yo, like, Vernon, what's good? And he's like, what's good, Arjun? And then gives me this huge hug and, like, oh, daps awesome. me up. And, like, it, it was just such a wholesome interaction. And I, I love Vernon Davis for that. He's from DMV. I'm glad he got to come play at home, and and you know, probably one of the best plays of our season was him in that first week. That that that, that game that gave you that that play against Woo! the Eagles, man, that was crazy. That was I mean, enough. that one that that was one of the best plays. The NFL put that as one of the best plays of the season. I I agree. He's like 30, 35 years old, just like broke like four yeah. tackles and hurdled someone. I was like, what and is so going fast. on? Let's so let's, let's talk. Let's like, let's talk about let's talk about how regardless, well, we don't actually have to talk about it. But regardless of what happened this year, uh, we all accepted where if that was the highlight, if that was the peak of the season, that's okay. That's okay because that's, that's, okay. Ver- that's our guy. Ver- it's our guy, Vernon. Um, a, it couldn't get much better, dude. I don't think there are that many crazy plays that like, no. like that. That was that was absurd. So shout out Vernon. Vernon, wish you yeah. the best luck in your future. He I just do, got, I, nominated, I, I, got nominated. Got nominated for anything, for anything but uh, just got nominated for Vernon Davis. Anything but oh, anything but ordinary award. Oh, I mean, uh, okay, okay. Anything but ordinary. That man is anything but ordinary. He's, he's a goat. True. I think Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, and, I do. I do yeah. agree. I, I so so I, so and I don't and I don't want to necessarily cut off our conversation about Vernon, but to the point, just because we're talking about what the roster may or may not look like. Um, lot of lot of free agent tight ends this year. Um, at least one that Austin Hooper, um, Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. Um, I mean, Ebron. those, the, those it, yeah, Ebron. Ebron is a playmaker, so I so I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him at all. He could, could. I just think he's getting to the point where he might just be like a like a Vernon type. Um, I'm not entirely sure 
um, you know, how that might may or may not look, but but I but I think like you get you bring on like a Hooper or uh, or a Henry, and I mean you put I mean then I mean you're talking about you were talking about it earlier. We're talking about the tight ends and kind of you know how how Scott likes to use them and how Ron likes to use them. All these comparisons to how we could use someone and like Dwayne a Greg just Olsen. Needs one. He, so just he, just need, he just needs one. He, he needs one. How many times did we see him throw the ball to Jeremy Sprinkle? So many times. And it's like, oh, imagine if that was someone who knew how to run a better route or had better hands. Like, again, no disrespect sure. to Jeremy Sprinkle. Like, NFL tight end, like, all of these guys, like, utmost respect. But, you know, you got, they are the guys they are. He's a, he's a run-blocking tight Lock. end first and foremost. He is not a pass catcher. He's not a route runner. Like, yeah, he made the plays. But – Everyone can make plays if they're in the NFL. It's about making them consistently. And you got you get a guy like Hunter Henry. It's that consistency. Or Austin Hooper. It's the consistency. Consistency. Consistency is so key in a league full of crazy variations and, and crazy plays and games being decided by literal inches. Like those things matter. Um, and that's kind of like the whole thing about how Ron builds this next era of the roster is there have to be guys with consistency you have to know what you're getting from them because then that uh, takes some of the pressure that takes some of the pressure off the off, off the schemes and uh and off the game and off the game plans and, and allows you to be more flexible because you know what to expect you know what you can get so um so yeah we can talk we, and that and that's the case for every position you can do that for every position and we'd be here for hours but but yeah like an austin hooper type like that would be really that'd be a great piece to help in that progression for, for Haskins. Also, my AirPods are starting to beep a little bit, so you might see me switch to my phone in a second here. No, yeah, I think I think we're going to be wrapping up any anyway pretty soon. But, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm wrestling with the idea of, like, I'm not a super big fan of any of the free agent tight ends on the market. Like, I, like Austin came on. Austin was huge for Matt, Matty Ice. Um, but... I I'm wrestling between the idea of really drafting like a qual like a high like a second round or third round tight end, uh, kind of like Jordan back in the day, but also uh-huh. understanding that Dwayne is young, um, all of our receivers are young. Maybe we do need a veteran guy who understands like how to be a quarterback's best friend. Um, so I like I want to get our own tight end and have the potential to get a Travis Kelsey to get a Zach Ertz and not like settle on an Eric Ebron or an Austin Hooper. But I understand that maybe we just need a veteran in there uh, as a, as a pass catcher that, that Dwayne can rely on. Um, let's go to, let's see. We already covered the offensive line, but we could use some more depth there, but that's a draft. That's a draft consideration. We can, we can sure. kind of skim. We can we can kind of skim over that. Um, we talked I about think, the running backs. Good on defensive line. Yeah, defensive uh, line. We talked a little good. bit. Of, we talked a little bit about. We talked a little bit about the about the linebackers. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, it, obviously, part of it hinges on uh, the old Reuben Foster being healthy. And I mean, talk about. We talk about like the most catastrophic thing ever in class in classic Redskins fashion. You know, you get a guy with a ton of promise, and he goes and. Tears his ACL in minicamp in the seven-on-seven drill like that. Like you can't. Like, my you can't my first freak day, accidents, but my first day uh, at Redskins uh, training camp, uh, I got there a day before all the p- players got there, so I got there the same day that Jay Gruden got there. I am like waiting for the for the coaches to arrive, 
and this is like 8 a.m. or something, and boom, ESPN alert goes off. Junior Gallette tears his Achilles for the second time. Oh. Bro, the, the, the atmosphere of the building drastically shifted. Like, Jay Gruden came in upset, like, didn't even, like, I introduced myself, but, like, he went into, like, my boss's room and just, like, I heard him yelling, and they were just all, like, blown. Because, like, for us, we have to remember that, you know, and you play football, so you know this. Like, these injuries, like, for a lot of fans out there, they, they see the injuries pop up, and they're like, well, like, it's just what happens in football or whatever. You don't actually understand that, like, one of someone you know just, like, tore their Achilles. Like, right? If I if you told me, damn, I just tore my ACL, like, I'd be like, bro, are you okay? Like, like you right, know, like, right. scary. Right. And so, so that, that, that's kind of the difference that I saw, like, when you're part of the team, that, like, these injuries are not just, like, an alert you see on your screen and it's like, oh, you don't have them anymore. Like, those guys actually got hurt. And, like, so that, that really changed the environment. But so linebackers, I think, like, the way the Athletic laid out the roster was still that the outside linebackers were, like, our Ryan Kerrigan's Montez Sweats. But, you know, with a 4-3, our linebackers are going to be very limited to who we have on the roster. Uh, so I definitely think we need to address that position. And then definitely the secondary. Free safety, uh, maybe add another stud corner, uh, some depth there. Like we just yeah, I've heard, play I've heard uh, we're playing guys like Aaron Colvin or something. Like who? Like I was like, who is this guy? There were some guys. There was some running back. I remember Ferguson uh, that like caught a pass or, or or had a had a run, and we we're just like, who's number like thirty four? Like, who the or, hell is what? that? <laughs> it's like I never saw any alert. Nobody said that this guy got like got onto the roster or something. So, like, yeah. So we need. I need some depth, and I, I think, uh, you know, this has been a great, great start to our podcast journey. I think Absolutely. for the listeners, for the listeners, you know, if you when you when you check this out, uh, you know, we're going to try to be as consistent as possible, especially given the dog days of the offseason. I think that's the biggest reason we want uh, to have this podcast on, uh, just so that Redskins fans like yourselves have something to listen to. Uh, in the off season when you're like, I just want something about my team and you haven't heard anything. So we'll just shoot the shit, even though like there might not be new headlines. And yeah, Leo, appreciate you coming yeah, on. I'm glad we started yeah, this dude, and I'm thank, glad to keep dude, it going. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for bringing the idea to me. I, you know, we've always talked about doing something like this and actually, you know, finally doing it feels great. Um, yeah, for the listeners, like hopefully uh, this, this hopefully it was somewhat entertaining. I'm sure it wasn't that like enlightening by any by any chance. Sure. So we just want to we just want to be those voices, and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe I mean the goal is one day, you know, you're breaking news and all that. But that that that's that 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 won't get there without you know the fans and the folks that listen and like please like provide us some feedback. Uh, you know, let us know what you guys think. Comment section. Please email us. Comment, light us up. Yeah. Good, bad, whatever it is. Light us up. Let us know how to make this better. I mean, we had a little bit of structure today, but we really just wanted to come in, you know, just chop shit up, just talk, just talk about our team. You know, that's really what we want to be. We want to be, um, you know, part of that voice of, you know, the generation of fans that uh, have been ridiculed our entire lives who have, you know, really been put through a, a tough fan uh, experience to say the least. 
Um, and I think, I think there are a lot of folks out there like us, like not only in our twenties, but in our thirties or even younger than us who just want something to, to believe in. And we're all, we're all here, you know, both of us, we're, we're all, we're all in this together guys. And uh, yeah, Arjun, you know, that was a little bit of a tangent, but thank you for, you know, not only like bringing me on, but really getting this going and, yeah, I mean, listeners, we'll be here. We'll be here every Sunday, or even you know, as as often as you guys want to listen to us. All right, guys, that's it for oh, the first episode of River Riverboat Redskins. Riverboat let's Redskins. Get, remember the name. It'll be back. We're, we'll remember be the name. We're, remember that name. Remember that name. Also, shout out. I, I did have to switch to my phone. But shout out our guy Sean Taylor. Never forget, best safety to ever live maybe only after ed reed but that's for another day <laughs> another time all right guys. all right arjun take care enjoy uh enjoy today's football and the uh, listeners as well let's uh let's go have a good sunday have a good week and, and we'll be catching up there all right take care boss